You're having a threesome with Jennifer Golden, Lauren Leonelli, and Rob Evers. And now, it's complicated. Hello, Master Daters. Welcome back for another episode of It's Complicated. The struggle is real when you're dating in the city. I'm Jen. And I'm not Jen. And I am Rob. So you know how you ask your friends where you should take your first date? What on earth this text means? And if it's okay to post a certain pic on the socials? Well, that's what we call your village, and we think you can't date or relate without them. Welcome to our village, and you should be pumped to be here because we are bringing you expert guests who are filled with all the answers that will take some of the guessing out of the game. Make sure you subscribe and share our podcast with your friends so we can help the village grow even bigger. You can find us at It's Complicated Podcast wherever you get your pods, and don't forget to tell a friend. We're back after a bit of a summer break, and we hope that you all are having a great start to your summer as well. I was in Italy with my friends at their wedding, and Jen was off gallivanting all over Miami. And if you listened to our last episode before the break, you know that I was pushing Rob to find love abroad while at the wedding, because obviously weddings inspire romance and all those like warm, mushy feelings. And people tend to find somebody at weddings if there are single people there. But anyway, I made my dating intentions for my time in Miami very clear. And today we're going to discuss what each other did and catch you up on everything that we've been up to while she was in Miami and I was at this wedding and just in life in general while we've been off the air. So I hope you're prepared. (laughs) Rob, I hope you're prepared for my line of questioning. Okay. <laughs> I, I kind of am. I kind of am. I, I, I keep forgetting how like long it's been since yeah. our last episode and like what's been going on. You look tan, by the way. I know nobody can see you, but you look very tan, <laughs> which is your you, you love. I love being tan. I feel like myself again, thankfully, and I made it a priority to be tan while I was there. So I'm going to try and keep it up all through the summer in LA and my next travels. So Rob... Don't delay. How did that romantic European vacation turn out? Any luck in love? What happened? Okay. So I went to Italy. I went to Rome and it was, it was, first of all, I'll just say the wedding was like the perfect wedding. It was the right amount of people. I know that some people were, you know, not feelings hurt, but so to back it up, here's what happened. COVID. And it happened to so many people. And the two people that I went to the wedding four, I think a lot of people know, uh, were on a reality show called Vanderpump Rules. And their wedding was going to be huge and it was going to be filmed. So when they went and initially got the villa and all this other stuff, they had, you know, they had to invite the cast members also. So there was, you know, the the original guest list was 150 people. That's a lot for a destination wedding. It's a lot for a destination wedding. Also, I want people to understand that like uh, these reality shows, <laughs> the, one, the one that I'm living in is real. Like all of their problems, all their fights, all that other stuff is real. And the show wasn't going to pay for the villa. They weren't paying. They don't pay for the villa. They don't pay for the caterers. They don't pay for where you stay. They don't pay for the cast members to get there. They don't pay for anything. The only thing they pay for is they pay for an extra night at the at the villa like where they got married so that they could set up their equipment because that's on their dime that's the only thing they pay for now do they have a a say in where they think it should be filmed yes so initially 
the bride and groom, I'll just, I mean, their name's Bo and Stasi. Everybody who knows me knows that they're my friends. Um, they picked this place. There was other places that they liked, but they had a producer with them when they went initially shopping. And the producer was like, this is the best view. This is going to give us the best look. This is going to give us the best everything. And they were, I mean, and they were like, yeah, it is, but it's also the highest price, you know? So it was, you know, it was, they were kind of put in a catch 22. They booked it. COVID happened. And then, uh, you know, just like a whole bunch of other people in, in during that were planning weddings over that time, they didn't get their deposit back. Like they wouldn't let them out of the thing. Right. So it's so messed a, up. I have a friend yeah. who actually had a wedding that was planned for Italy as well. And she, it was a use it or lose it kind of situation. They didn't care. And they were like, you already put your deposit down. So either you lose that or you have your wedding when it's convenient. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I guess we'll have a wedding even though they already got married. Uh, yeah. Well, same with Bo and Stassi. They already got married, but like this was something they always dreamed of. So they wanted to do it anyway, but now, now they have this lavish place. So what could they cut back on as far as like hotels and, you know, uh, catering and, and all that other stuff, you know? So weddings are expensive. They, they're fucking expensive. And they these are not people that like to do things you know n- that aren't glamorous so like you know they did they did it well but they cut the list down to 30 people from 150 and i think a lot of people like understood that but it was such a good group of people and it it was like perfect because we had little groups that went off and did you know dinners or like little people or little Uh, groups that went off and did like, you know, tasting pizza and wine here and there. We had a group after the wedding that we went to, there was five of us that went to uh, Venice for the day. Some people went to Florence for the day. You know, we kind of did that whole thing. But my point is, is that it was perfect. Did I find love there? No, I wasn't really looking for anything. The love of my life was there. She's my little goddaughter named Hartford. And that's who I was following around the entire time. But, um, I did meet somebody. What? Do you yes. tell? So I, it's it's one of those situations where like, all right, so the first day I got there, uh, Taylor Strecker, who uh, I was on Taste of Taylor, her podcast, um, and her wife, Taylor Donahue, are good friends of mine. The first day I got there, I show up. And my flight landed at 7.15 in the morning. I'm a little jet lagged, but I'm like, I'm not going to sleep. I get to my hotel. The hotel staff was great. They start pumping me full of um, cappuccino. But at my hotel, at my fucking hotel. So my hotel was attached to the Spanish steps. Like it was like I overlooked the Spanish steps. I walked out of my hotel onto the Spanish steps. Is that where everyone stayed or you just happened to pick that hotel? They told us that their hotel is this hotel Rossi, I think it's called. It's like where Taylor Swift stays and all that other stuff. But it's like they told us all to stay near the Spanish Steps because it's within a ten minute walking distance of, of like where we needed to be most of the time. And it's right, it's like all those piazzas are like right there, you know. Yeah. So it was a, it was a really good, you know, the, the Trevi Fountain's right around the corner. Like everything's kind of walking distance. But the but Taylor, I, we call them the Taylors. The Taylors were staying at um, what's the place called that you have a membership. Uh, yeah, they were staying at Soho house, Rome, and that was like in a different district. So it took, so anyway, I I was staying on the Spanish steps and I got to the fucking hotel and I couldn't get in because they were fucking filming fast and the furious, whatever (laughs) this fucking number is. They were filming that right on the Spanish steps. I'm like, did I just fucking, 
fly from Los Angeles to fucking Rome for there to be a film crew blocking me to getting into my fucking hotel? Are you kidding me? And then I had PAs like telling me what I could and couldn't do. And I was like, mm, I know what I can and can't do. You guys just called cut. Where's the second AD? I'm going into my fucking hotel room. <laughs> I was being really like LA snobbery about it. But so I was already annoyed. I stayed awake. They put me full of stuff. The Taylors landed. They were at Soho House. I walked 45 minutes to get to them. And then by the time I got to them, they were already like two Aperol spritzes deep. So we just started Aperol spritzing. And then we made like a drunken bar hop uh, sightseeing day out of everything. Fine. Right? And we stayed up till 10 o'clock at night because we were the only ones there so far. We got there I'm Monday, still right? confused where this person is that you met in this storyline. Well, I'm getting there. Oh. So um, the next – so we stayed up and drank and everything and then crashed. And then Bo and Stasi and everybody got in la- like that night. So the next morning, their jet lag was kicking in. They were ready to go. So Bo and I got up, had 9 o'clock in the morning breakfast. Then Dylan and our friend Chris were there. They're like, Dylan knows everything about Rome because he goes all the time. He's like, come meet us. So we started – and he had a bottle of wine waiting for us at 10, 15 in the morning. So we started drinking wine and then the girls made their way out. And then they were, they were out at another place. So we kind of met up with them. So at this point we're, we're like two and a half hours of drinking in, we meet up with the girls. We all stare at this long table and Stassi's friend from college, her name's Chappie. She showed up and uh, she had a friend with her. And the friend was at the other end. Plus one for the wedding. Like just bring a friend. So, so if you weren't married or in like in a relationship, you couldn't bring a plus one. But some people brought a friend to travel with afterwards. Got it. Or that makes like a lot of sense. They, yeah. Or if there was some like like Dylan brought Chris. You know, if there was like times where like you weren't there wasn't wedding stuff going on, they were like, Well, what am I gonna do if I don't if I don't meet up with everybody? So they had a Right, and you have a room brought. anyway. So you might as well bring somebody who you can hang out with when not at wedding festivities. Got it. Right. So the so those two and our other friend Lo shared a room together, right? Mm-hmm. So but this girl comes and I don't know who she is, and she's then they're all dressed like very Rome going going out to get spritzes, and they sit down and I'm like, Who's that? You know? And I think I spoke like four words to her because she was at the other end of the table. And then the next night was the welcome party and Chappie and my friend Lo, who were staying with this girl came and I was, you know, drunk again because I think I was drunk the whole time I was there. (laughs) And um, I was like, who's your friend the other night? And they're like, oh my God, you guys would get along so well. And I was like, well, she's cute. And then that's all I said. Now I've spoken four words to this girl and, you know, uh, I said she was cute. So now the next day at the wedding, they're like, we think you guys should date. And I'm like, no, my God, now we're into this whole thing, you know, <laughs> but she was cute. And then she, but I didn't see her the rest of the trip because the wedding happened. And then the next day was kind of like a drinking day, but they left to go to, how do you say it? Postiano? Postiano? Positano? Positano. Yeah. It's like fanatic. They Pos- Positano. Yeah. They went to Positano and then I didn't see them again. Right. But I saw, but then I was following them both on Instagram. We followed each other on Instagram, kind of chatted back and forth a little bit. And I was like, I should have gone with you guys. She's like, you can still come. I'm like, ah, I'm going to Venice and I'm going home. Like it was that kind of thing. Mm. And then, and then now we realize back here, we have mutual friends in LA. So she lives bring, in LA. Yeah. And they're bringing her up in LA and that kind of stuff. Oh. And I was like, I was like, okay, well, I mean, she's, and she's, She's pretty. She's, you know, my type and she's got a good job and she's, you know, I think she's like 28 or 29 years old, which is a little, is on the bottom end of what I'm looking for. 
but um but it, 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 that was that was it that was all the you know romance that really it happened in Italy but you've been back for a while now why haven't you just asked this girl out well I was back and then I was jet lagged right and I kind of was kind of getting back in the groove of things and then um I, I'm not I remember I'm not really in the space where I'm asking people out yet but I think I think I'm getting closer to getting back into it. I think I'm, I'm gonna. What denotes that for you? How do you know? I, I get a feeling like I like instead of wanting to be by myself or like enjoying my space or doing this other stuff, I'm like, I'm 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 finding myself being attracted to people more often. Like I'm oh. finding myself meeting people and being like, oh, she's cool. Maybe I'll hang out with her. You know. Um, but I'm rusty at it. Like asking this girl out would be cool, but like. I don't know. Like, uh, am I good at like, what do I do? How do I do it? Where do we go? What do I say? And then like, am I locking myself into this person? Because I'm not a multi-dater. I'm a one dater, you know? And then, well, maybe that has to change. Maybe your approach to dating just has to change. And like the next person you date shouldn't just be somebody you fall into a relationship with. It should be one that you want to be in a relationship with and you should keep your options open until you pick the one you like, because I don't think anybody's got time to waste anymore. Like just going through the motions of dating and, you know, you get comfortable with somebody. So you just keep dating until. Right. But it would be less that. It would be less that, but it'd be more of like, if I go out with you and I like you, then I'm going to be thinking about you and then I'm going to want to go out with you again. Why would I go date somebody else and possibly have the same thing happen? I've been in that position once before where I was dating two amazing people and I had to pick one. And it was like, that's horrible to that other person because like, why? Like they they, they want to know why, and then you, there's no reason. It's just I picked this one. You know but what I mean? That's the nature of connection. I think you know sometimes you just connect with somebody better, and perspective is helpful because you actually can see where you're at and how you feel about each one because you have someone to compare it to, and can like I, I posted something the other day about limerence. I don't know if you've heard of it, but or read what I posted, but it basically is the I don't addiction. follow you on social. I don't follow you on what? social media. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what if right. I didn't? What if I didn't follow you? <laughs> no, you'd be surprised how many people are like, oh, we're friends. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't follow me on Instagram. And they're like, oh, okay. And I'm like, but you should. And they're like, okay. I'm like, what? You bully them into following you on Instagram. I just think it's weird not to. We have a couple of mutual friends, actually, maybe one who is very strangely like selective of who he follows. Anyway, okay. so Limerence is basically the addiction feeling you feel in a relationship and it's the getting cozy feeling and it's the need to feel a certain way around them. Actually, I'm going to read it to you because I think it's really interesting. And since you clearly do not see my content, I post. No, I see it as, but then when I have to read something, I'm like, Oh no. What was you? Yeah. Or, or if like people are always like, Oh, you saw my story or you, you listen to my story or whatever. If they post something, I'm like, I always keep my shit on, Silent. I don't listen to anything. Nothing's right. playing. Well, I mean, I don't talk to the camera. I think that's weird. But um, And here we are having a podcast. But I yeah. will not talk to the camera. I think it's very odd. So here we go. In 1979, psychologist Dorothy Tenov coined the term limerence in her book, Love and Limerence, The Experience of Being in Love. She describes an ep- – hold on. This is all in your post? It, I took a screenshot of the book and I posted it. I didn't rewrite it. 
Oh, okay. If you had seen it, it was just a picture. And you could choose to read it or not. Anyway, she describes an involuntary state of deep obsession and infatuation with another person. Not to be confused with love, limerence is a state more akin to addiction. The state of limerence causes you to crave so deeply another person you lose focus on everything else in your life and suffer wild withdrawal symptoms if your affection is not reciprocated. Mm, I get that. There's more. I have that. Yeah, Yeah, it felt really appropriate to read this to you right now because of that. Um, Mutual limerence creates intense, intimate bonding and provides a passionate foundation for a cozy relationship. Explore whether it's love or limerence by asking yourself these questions. One, does your last interaction with the object of your affection merit the extreme euphoria it brought you? Two, do your friends and family assess your relationship in the same way you do? Three, Beyond how they make you feel, how much do you really know about the object of your limerence? That's that. Something to think I think about. I, lim- I think I get limerence it, once I'm committed. I get limerence. You know, does that make sense? Like, I do get addicted to the person where, like, ev- I focus everything on them all the time. You well, know? it sounds like your whole process is limerence because if you are, um, what's that called? Tunnel vision? You have, like, an addiction for that person to validate you and respond and the next hit of dopamine when they text you back or they want to see you again or whatever it is. And then you keep doing that same thing and then you end up in a relationship because that's what happens when you continue to see people. Yeah. So what your point is, is the more I go on dates, the more watered down my limerence would get. And then it would be. Because I think what happens with people and I can tell you it's kind of happening with me right now, is you fall into a pattern and then you get used to somebody. They're part of your routine now. Every day you wake up and you say good morning to them. Every day you have your back and forth banter. They become your person. Whether they should be your person or not, you fall into a pattern. Same thing with like how people become best friends. You keep showing up for each other so then you know you can rely on them and then they're just there. And like, that's why people sometimes will have like an instant best friend because people attach very quickly because they're like going out friends and they're always available and they want to see you. And because of that mutual, like availability, yeah, availability. And so you're making yourself available by having tunnel vision when you start dating somebody. However, maybe you're giving that person more time and I putting more weight on a connection with somebody just because you're not making them with other people. So you don't have anything to like weigh it against. Yeah. I mean, I, I like my brain understands what you're saying and very good. Like I'm clapping for you because that was very like emotionally intelligent thing to say and to point out, but like, I, I don't, I don't just don't know if that's me. Like when I start dating somebody, that's all, like, I know because I'm so picky and because I've, wait so long and I don't do that stuff when I do start seeing somebody's because I know I want to see them and then I just want to see them you know what I but mean but do you think to the point of you saying you're rusty that maybe it's sort of romanticized because you're like I've waited this long and it's so hard to find a connection and I'm so picky and now there's this one diamond in the rough and because I don't even know if she's a diamond in a rough I don't know well, I spoke two this words girl to her. aside like any other girl that you right. sort of like you know have the same dynamic with, do you think maybe it's because it is so rare that when you do actually like somebody, it you might romanticize it and make it more than it might be. So you do throw yourself all in versus kind of 
take a step back and say like, okay, kind of like those three questions, like what do I really know about this person? Do we have a long-term future? Do I really like this person? Or am I attracted to them? Do they respond well to me? Like, I, I mean, I guess being rusty and getting back into it, I do think you should kind of see what's out there and tread lightly and not be so serious about it when you first dive back in. And you also said a good point about, or uh, something interesting about how you said, this is just how you are, or this is how you've always been, but we don't always have to be the same person. We can evolve. So you always kind of get on my case about like the gen way and being so rigid about certain things. And it's like, you always say, why don't you try things a different way, Jen, if they haven't been working for you? So I think- that might be something you might want to consider. But see, but see, dating works for me when I commit to somebody. I, uh, when I go on dates with somebody that I like, I, I wind up in a relationship with them. But have those relationships been good relationships? Yeah, they've been good relationships. Have I not been great in the relationships? Yeah. You know, but like, I mean, I've never cheated on anybody, but I can see where my faults were, you know, and I can see. So what were theirs? Are you taking all the blame? No, I'm not taking all the blame. They were, they were just, you know, I find, I tend to find people that are in a different stage of life than I plan to be. Right. But now I understand that, but like, that doesn't change that if I start dating somebody who is in my stage of life, that I won't act the same way when I start dating them. Does that make sense? Like I met, I met a girl last night at this party I was at and I've met her before and, um, at a bar and I met her. And we got along and I, the second I saw her, I was like, wow, that girl's really pretty. And I got that little shock that I like to get when I meet somebody, you know, and then we started talking and she was really cool and we started hitting it off. And, and then I was like, oh, you're dating my friend. <laughs> got it. Got it. And then I saw her again last night and we talked in the corner for like 40 minutes, you know, and she was actually being like giving me dating advice and trying to figure out why I'm single and thinking I should get back on Raya or on Raya or whatever it is. You know, she's like, you should give dating apps a chance. And she was kind of like trying to talk to me. She's like, that's how I met so-and-so. And I was like, oh yeah, I forgot you're dating my friend, you know, but they're not like, but they're not like boyfriend, girlfriend. Do you know yeah. what I mean? But right. like, if she wasn't dating my friend, I would have asked, I would ask her out last night. Wow. 100%. Okay. Yeah. So we're getting closer. It sounds like. Yeah, and then there's a girl on Instagram, because I told you I don't go on the dating apps, but I've been messaging this one girl on Instagram who lives in Canada. <laughs> she sounds fake when I say that. <laughs> oh, she really dirty. does no. She really does live in Canada, and but she has a lot of friends that live in L.A., so like we have mutual friends on Instagram. It's kind of how we kind of met. I think I, yeah. I DM'd her one time when she was at a friend's birthday party. And when is where is this going to go? How are you going to date a girl from Canada? I mean, I guess Kirsten, our guest, did long distance with her boyfriend, and that started on Instagram, so it's possible. Right, but you know, I don't know what her future plans are for living. But like, she texted me when, like, when I was in Italy, she was like, "Maybe you stop by uh, uh, Edmonton on your way home," you know. And I was like, "Oh, okay." Or like, she'd be like, "Come to New York. I'm going to be in New York. Let's meet up in New York," you know. Or she, you know, she's always like, come visit or let's meet somewhere. So she's right? making the effort and throwing it out there and dropping these Yeah, but then I hints. fucked it up. Yeah, but then I <laughs> fucked it up because I'm rusty and I got drunk on Memorial Day weekend and I DM'd her at like one o'clock in the morning and was like, fuck it. Let's just go. You pick the city in the world that you're going to be at. Because she said, she said something about coming out for July for her, for her birthday, but I guess she changed. She's like, I'm actually going to go to Europe. And I was like, oh, well, you pick the city. 
and I'll meet you there. And if we, it doesn't have to be a romantic thing. It could be a stranger friend thing. And then if there's fucking chemistry, then, then there's chemistry. And if there's not, then fuck it. We just made good friends. And I kind of used a lot of F-bombs in it, you know? And the next day she, I just got a, a DM that said, LOL, eloquent. <laughs> oh my God. Sounds <laughs> like my like, kind of gal. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, uh, yeah, sorry. I was a little drunk. She was like, I could tell that it came in at two o'clock in the morning that you might've been a little toasty. And I was like, uh, it was a fun weekend. She's like, I get it. And then that's the last time we talked, you know? Mm, yeah. So I was like, did I fuck that up by being like over exuberant and, or, well, but I was trying to feel like I don't you're... care. No, you can't. No, I think the message was correct, but it shouldn't have come in when you were drunk at 2 a.m. Yeah. Like, that's the guy I think we're trying to get you away from. Yeah. And you but sort of opened up because of the alcohol. Yeah. I don't think I realized because it was such a long day that day. I don't think I realized it was it was 1 o'clock in the morning. I don't think I realized it, but yeah. Anyway, so – my whole thing is no love in Italy. There are people that I'm interested in. I might be asking people out soon. I don't know. Maybe we'll do like, I'll try the two person thing and see what happens. Um, but I'm getting closer and I can feel myself getting closer. Good. Okay. Well, that makes sense now. Great. Yes. You're seeing the world and opening up to it. Yeah. That's great. So now you, on the other hand, are the exact flip of the coin you're the exact opposite of what i am you're just fucking completely open all the orifices are ready for love (laughs) (laughs) and you're traveling to get it so (laughs) tell us all so the last time we talked there were four dudes that you had gone on dates with but you started talking to one and you went on a date with him and then we didn't get the answer what happened on the date (laughs) And then okay. there was a second date set up for right after that, and then you're going to Miami. So yeah. I can't wait. Go. We'll we'll start from there. So I went on a date with him after the show. Had a great first date. He didn't kiss me on the first date, and I was like, oh, well, maybe he wasn't interested. Why do you, you always do that? You always judge it off of where you kiss on the first date. What if? Relax. As, I didn't even finish my thought. <laughs> I know, but you. But you do that, like you did that with like the mutual friend that I set, that sent you on a date with. Yeah. Like, you didn't kiss me after the date. Like you always come back. How the date go? He didn't kiss me, and it's like, well, maybe he's just being a gentleman, and it is yes. also twenty twenty two, and you can't just go in for this the tongue on the first date. <laughs> okay, but here's the rest of the thought. Thank you for that okay. attack. Yeah. Um, is I can never tell with a perfect stranger that you don't have a lot of like flirty banter with in the beginning, and you don't know each other, and you haven't been in person, and then felt romance and then asked them out. So you already had that established. This is a perfect stranger. So when you go and hang out with a perfect stranger, you don't know if it's romantic or just that was a good chat. Really nice to meet you. You know, like could be a business drinks. It could be, you just don't know if that vibe is there. What ended up happening was after that, he asked me out again. And so we had plans Tuesday of that week and Friday of that week. And then I left for Miami the following Monday. So I didn't right. see him a couple of days between that. He did kiss me on the second date. We oh, had wait, a great wait, 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 wait. We got back up because oh. you because we talked. We this whole last episode was about this. Dude. So like, <laughs> and all of your so, advice for him, he listened to that. <laughs> oh, he did. Yeah. <laughs> did you give him my number so I can I can coach no. him? No. <laughs> um, He's so, doing just fine. Oh, okay. So so Tuesday night you guys show up and meet each other for the first time, and was there, you know, an attraction? Yes, because there was, was an the attraction. Main, 
There was great banter, great conversation. He is super intelligent and introspective and has taken every personality test you can take and is very logical. Is he in therapy? Yes, of course. In fact, I asked him for his therapist number and now I see her. She's amazing. (laughs) He's so like, like he's so good at therapy that he made you go to like switch over to his therapist. I'll explain more eloquently than that what happened. <laughs> um, the way he communicates and articulates his feelings and is very open and also spoke about therapy and what he addresses in therapy seemed very much in line with how I approach that kind of thing and what I'm looking to get from a therapist and the type of therapy that I am interested in. So because of that, I asked him for his therapist information. And so I had a session with her last week and I have another session with her coming up. Anyway, I love her. She's amazing. And I like if nothing else happens with him, at least I got a great therapist out of it who takes insurance and does Zoom sessions. So I'm I'm thrilled if anybody needs a therapist. Uh, She's taking new patients just because summer is slow. So um, so anyway, uh, went out again had dinner this time. First was drinks, then we had dinner and we were there for hours and it was just great conversation and we didn't want to leave. So we ended up like ordering another drink and another drink. And we, you know, after three drinks, we were both like, okay, it's bedtime now. Like we're not going to just stay out all night drinking and we're both driving. So, um, he kissed me. What? Just because of the responsibility? Yeah. It's okay. Well, try it. (laughs) Try it. And don't text people (laughs) at 2am. So anyway, (laughs) kissed goodbye and then kept in touch every single day while I was in Miami. Like every morning. Was it a long kiss? Was it like, was it um, like, I'll see you later kiss? No, it was like, like a makeout kiss, like, but in the car. And then like, I mean, we're not going to just sit in the street all night, like literally in the street, like where the lanes are. (laughs) There was no like side parking area. So anyway, um, cause my car was in valet and I drove him to like the lot he was in. Obviously, gotcha. I'm not so it was parking a lean a over. It was a passenger to driver smooch. Exactly. Gotcha. Thank you for uh, gotcha. explaining that to the audience. So you go to Miami. I go to Miami. He and I talk every day. We talked on the day. phone at one point. We text every day. And like we're very up to date with what each other was doing and would talk about, you know, things we like, don't like. Did a lot of like correspondence and covered a lot of ground in terms of like who we are, what we're looking for what our thoughts are in certain things, the kinds of activities we like to do. And Mm. so I think it was really great that we had that time. I actually said to him, I was like, so I envision you dating other people while I'm away so that you have perspective and like kind of what I'm telling you. I was like, I think you should know if you like me or you just like me because I showed up and we happen to have a lot in common. And you also have a kid and a job and a busy life. And like, maybe you don't have time to date more people, but like, I don't want you to land on me because I'm the musical chair you sat in, you know? But see, this is – but this is like where – I guess where our brains differ is like he's obviously choosing you because he likes you, not because you're the only one that showed up. Like you don't need to go and have 18 chairs in a room just to decide what chair you like to sit in when you know what you're, what's comfortable to you and what you like. However, on the flip side, and while I believe that and agree with that, there are people who I – unfortunately, currently see in relationships that are very much 
somebody wants a relationship and the other person's desperate for a relationship. And it's not necessarily that they like each other, but they happen to find each other when they were both desperate for a relationship. And now the two are together and it's actually uncomfortable to be around them because it's like, do you even know each other? Or do you even like each other? Right, I but think so you're scared. You're scared what you see in other people is going to yes. happen to you. Right. And I know for me, it wouldn't be that way because I would never give anybody the time of day if I don't really like them. Right. But I don't know that other people think about that in that way. Or if they're just like, well, you're good enough and I want to see where this is going and I have tunnel vision and, you know, you're doing enough to get me hooked. And now I'm used to talking to you every day and we're in a pattern and a rhythm and you're my person now because you know what I'm like doing every day of my life. So I just don't want to fall into a routine where I become someone's person because they're too busy to have other perspective. And so I want to be chosen because they're like that quirky person is my person. Like you and all of your glory. I want that. I sign up for this. Right. But you're basically saying to him by saying that you're basically saying like, I like you I want to make sure you really like me, even though he's showing you in all the ways he can that he likes you. I mean, you're in Miami and he's texting you. You guys are keeping up with your activities and whatnot. But like him, 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 you're like, I need you to go see what the other side, what else is out there before you come and commit to me? Because I need that because I'm a little crazy and I watch other people's relationships and just try not to mirror them. (laughs) I wouldn't say that I'm crazy. I would say I'm cautious and aware and maybe uh, educated on what can happen if you don't do these kinds of things. But I think also he's pretty, um, good about thinking through things and very pragmatic and really self-aware. And so while I look at him and I'm like, okay, you're, you know, recently divorced and probably need to like see what's out there now that you've been out of your 14 year relationship for a while, let's say, to me, somebody like that would need time. But also through relationships, you learn who you are and you, what you like and don't like. And I think also a divorce might be the thing that really flips the switch for you. And you're like, okay, now I know exactly what I don't want. So when you see something you do want, it's clearer because of that yeah. perspective. I mean, yeah. clearly my word of the time is perspective. And I think that it does do wonders for you because if you don't have it, then how do you operate? You're literally operating blind without having an understanding of what you like and don't like and all that jazz. But anyway, so, kept wait, in touch so, with him. Okay. But are you, when you're saying this to him, right, are you yeah. also kind of giving yourself permission and to find a perspective in Miami? Yes. Are you giving yourself permission to be like, I'm going to go on dates? Because for the past two months, you've been talking about going to Miami and how much you fucking are the hottest Mm -hmm. person in Miami when you get there and your shit blows up the second you get there. (laughs) So when you got – all of a sudden you go on two dates with a guy the week before you go and then you didn't just put everybody else aside, right? You went on dates. (laughs) Well, not really because Uh my planning (laughs) – my planning – um, was really well thought out in certain ways, but also I underestimated what three weeks would become. So while I thought I had ample time to like create a life in Miami and see what it would be like to live there and just, you know, go on dates and live this Miami lifestyle where I'm familiar, I hung out with a friend the first three nights I was there. I saw family the next couple of nights. Then 
I saw friends again because everyone was like, well, you're in town for three weeks. I want to see you more than once. And turns out I have a lot of friends that live in Miami now. So I had to see multiple people multiple times and my family multiple times and different parts of my family and in different parts of the city. So I ended up being so busy that, I mean, I would joke, but it was the reality of it. My only free time was 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. before I started like working throughout the day and then 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. So I'd go to dinner after like a long day of work and then I'd go to bed and then I'd start again. And then on the weekends, I would have to see friends and family who couldn't see me on weeknights. So I was slammed um, and it was super fun. A girlfriend of mine also came down the last week I was there to have like a vacation. So I took days off and I did touristy things with her and we went out and it was great. But I really put my effort in seeing the people that mattered and not strangers because when I thought of the amount of time also that I'd have there, it didn't make sense and it wasn't valuable to meet somebody potentially one time because what what was going to come of that? You know, I'm going back. I don't think anybody wants to do long distance. And I, at this point, I'm like, where is my life? I don't even know. And then also I was very distracted by the guy in LA. And I was like, well, Well, that's good. Like, do I need to tempt fate? And, um, I don't know. Like you're, you're putting chairs in the room, you know, putting chairs in the room. But at the same time, like I also wanted to be respectful of like the more and more we would talk and get to know each other. And like, the less time I would have in Miami, I'm like, it's just not worth it, really. I think I don't know. Right. You don't need to force yourself to go out right. with people because you have you're getting what you needed besides the smooching. You're getting what you needed from this person on the other end of the phone. Right. And also, I mean, I don't know what I'm doing with Miami and I want to be bi coastal, but like it was just a lot. The trip actually ended up being a lot and kind of heavy because it was so much and so many people and just a lot of juggling and exhausting, truly. So I'm glad I went. It was awesome. I do really love being there. I felt the most myself that I could possibly be. It's like I just walk in a place and I feel like a Disney princess where like birds chirp and music plays and I'm like, ah, I'm home. And it's just such a different me. When I'm in LA, I feel very different. I feel I'm too loud. I'm too tan. I'm too Jennifer. I'm too, I love reggaeton. I'm too all of the things that LA, I feel like is not. You're going to move back to move to Miami? Not full time. I mean, maybe eventually. Who knows? Mm. But I think I will walk before I run. And what I did was rent a place for three weeks and give it a go. And maybe every quarter I'll go there for two to three weeks and just enjoy the city and have access to it because thankfully it's my home. You know, it's not like some foreign place. And when I go there, it's really familiar and I've got a like big community there. So the crazy thing though, was I was out one night with my girlfriends and who walks in my ex-boyfriend literally standing in front of me. Haven't seen him in 16 years. And is he even an ex-boyfriend at this point? Yeah, because he years? was like a significant relationship in college. And you hold, you hold on to these past relationships and they got a fucking grasp on you. Well, the, the bad one, ones, mutual- definitely. It's it, yeah, You know but- what? It, he was the first version of our mutual friend that was the second bad version. And, he, and I had reached out to this ex-boyfriend a long time ago, years ago. We'd like been in touch a little bit, but we hadn't actually seen each other. But- 
at some point I talked to him about the relationship I was in with our mutual friend. And I was like, it's happening again. And he was like, it's not you. He's like, you're picking people that are not ready for relationships, but it's not you. And when I saw him this time, he came up to me and he said to my girlfriends, he's like, she is an angel on earth. She was the best girlfriend I could have had. I was an asshole to her. I was not ready. I didn't appreciate her. But if I met her today, I'd be a different person. And Wait, of course. How, he but, also but, but, said I was a great dancer, which I was like, huh. You so remember we know that? he's lying. We no, know he's I'm a lying. phenomenal dancer. <laughs> my my point is how uh, 36 years ago, you were what, 21? 36? Or 26, 16. 16. 16 years ago, you were 21. Yeah. You should. I'm not a therapist. This is just my personal opinion. But if we all hung on to what we did in college and the years right after and that early in our life to with with anything, then you're you like there's certain doors that need to be closed. Otherwise, you people can walk through them over and over and over again. Well, I don't let know? people go through the doors. He he's just representative of what I don't want and I made the mistake by letting it happen a second time and like, you know, after the first time, you know, shame on you. Second time, shame on me. So, but that's just. But can that be just coincidence? I mean, you were you were twenty one when you met, when you dated that guy, right? Or it ended. And then, how old were you when you dated our mutual friend? Uh, I think I was like twenty six to twenty eight. But my point is, is that I don't hold on to it as though it still affects me. It's just you can't forget memories that were so bad that they transformed who you became. Right, but, so but, that, but that's I what learned saying. a lot, not, which is why I haven't forgotten it. Right, but he, there are relationships but that were saying, very insignificant. Right, but that's why he's saying like it's not you. So you like you're holding on to something that's not that has nothing to do with you. Well, I'm you not know? holding on to it. It was just nice to hear. Like it came full circle where it was like such a bad time in my life and so heartbreaking to hear him on the other side of it. Like say the things that I knew were true then, but when you're in a really bad situation with somebody. Well, what is that word? Breadcrumbing or no, um, gaslighting. Like I was so gaslit that I was questioning myself and you can't help but do that when you're in a relationship. Cause you're like, like what I said to you, I was like, how do you know it was you? And you're saying that you might've been the problem in your past relationships, not that it was them or whatever. We should take responsibility for our side of the street, but at the same time, there's somebody else that's contributing to it. So I'm a like problem solver. I have to get to the root of things. So like I always look at myself and I'm like, what could I have done differently? Maybe How did I do this? Maybe that's it, Jen. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's not that you don't – not that you're holding on to it and projecting it or any way into your next relationship by being fearful or you know uh, overly cautious or whatever it is. But maybe it's um, that you don't get closure from these people. And you don't get like you don't get like the, a solid, definite. This is why I did it. You're a good person. I did that. Nothing you did to stop. So that's why this encounter was so meaningful to you because he gave you that closure. Now you can put that away. You can put that away, right? Next time you see him, it's not going to be I ran into my ex boyfriend. It's going to be like oh, I ran into this guy I used to know when I was younger. You know, it's it's not going to be such a significant thing. Whereas with our mutual friend, you never got that. So if you ran into him tomorrow, it'd still be a big deal. Even though it was well, no, I see him all the time. I'll probably see him later today. But he, oh, right, because of he also right, did right, apologize right. to me, but I forced him to because I was like, if you're going to be in my life, you need to make this okay. Amends. Okay, yeah. well, that's that's good. I didn't know that. That's good. Oh yeah, I mean we're fine. <laughs> okay. Now at this point, like I see him like a silly friend, but I forgot because um, his right. his brother's married to your best friend. 
Right, exactly. So, right. and I'm going there after this. But oh, um, tell him I said hi. Tell him I said hello. <laughs> I will. If I do see him, I'll say hi for you. Uh, but I think you're right about the closure part. And when you're young, you don't know how to give yourself that closure. I've gotten it over time, especially when I saw the pattern happen again. Then I really did some digging because I was in my late 20s by that point. And I was like, okay, how did I end up in either of these relationships? How can I avoid this in the future? What did I miss that I let this happen anyway? And so I did a lot of tracing and anyway, I figured it all out. But when you give yourself closure, there is nothing more, um, not cathartic, but like validating, rewarding, any of these things. When the other person actually does come to the same conclusion that you gave to yourself and they see you in the way that you hoped that they had always seen you and you know you are that person, but it's nice to hear it from them. Did I need it? No. Did I expect it? No. So when he just volunteered that information and told these really nice things to my friends who already think that way about me, it just felt like, wow, I feel proud to be who I am. And if I had to go through that relationship to also come out as this person here today, and it took this many years for like me to hear that he had always thought that, but he just right. wasn't ready. I don't know. It's just nice. It doesn't hurt. Let's just say it's not going to like make me upset to hear those things. It's no. I mean, every experience forms who you who you are today, right? Right. And that obviously, you know, that your relationship with him on his end probably changed how he acted towards the next. Is he married now? No, single. Hmm. Hmm. How do you look? Like himself. Okay. Very- <laughs> land answer. So, so, so Miami was that. There was another part. So, um, I, while I was there, there, there had been a guy I had gone out with previously. Um, like I had like a whirlwind romance with him, uh, on a previous trip and I'd gone out with him like four times in the stint of a, like a small little time frame of a week. It was like a Miami boyfriend for the week that I went out with him. And then he went out of town. I get vacation girlfriends. I get vacation girlfriends a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Of course you do. Um, So he was my vacation boyfriend and he kept wanting to see me. And I was like, why do you want to see me if I'm just going to leave? And he's like, well, I really don't connect with that many people and I like you. So I'd rather keep seeing you than date these people floozies in Miami who bring nothing to the table and are whatever kind of the last when was when was the whirlwind how many how long ago um like a couple trips ago so what's that put it in in normal um last summer okay around the same time last summer okay so I guess he kind of echoed also what I keep saying happens when I go to Miami I think because Miami is similar to LA in that people get a lot of plastic surgery and they, it's a lot of smoke and mirrors. Everybody's also aspiring to be whatever they think they need to be. And Miami's now like influencer model central and like plastic surgery and all of those things. And also a lot of different languages and a lot of cultures. And while I love all of those things about Miami, dating there is really hard and people are really transient. It's like LA. People come to visit. They don't necessarily live there. You vacation there. So a lot of people's profiles will say things like only looking for locals or must be in town for longer than a weekend or whatever. So I think on both sides of the coin, men and women, they have a really hard time dating in Miami for all of these reasons and more. So because I think I look like a normal person, but also like 
am somewhat attractive and like have a job and a brain and I'm not like, I don't know, sceny and like in the club all night. I think I- You're, it's bedtime after dinner (laughs) and three drinks we've established. Exactly. So I'm a responsible law abiding individual. And so I think that might be attractive to people there because of what I just described. Not that I'm super hot and all that. I think I just am maybe different than what they see regularly. So- He, if you're fishing, you're not going to get it from me. Stop fishing. I, never. I would. I would never <laughs> expect anything nice to come out of your mouth. You did clap oh, for me earlier. Stop. You clapped stop for me you. earlier and said that I had some amount of emotional intelligence. Well, I will take that and I will throw oh, a parade. You're, you're great. You're great. <laughs> All right, keep going. All right. So anyway, had that little whirlwind romance, and then he was like, "Well, I'm going out of town. I'm going to go visit friends in Canada." For the weekend. And I was like, oh, What if he's going to see my Canadian? He might. He might have been. Or who's to say? Because this is what transpired. And I remembered this while I was in Miami this time around. And I was like, ugh, I don't even want to deal with that again. So that was part of it too. But he goes to Canada supposedly for the weekend. And I was like, oh, well, I'd love to see you before you go. And he's like, yeah, I'll let you know. And then I never heard from him again. And I wrote him. And I was like, hey, so are you going to Canada this weekend? Like two days later. And he's like, I'm already in Canada. And in the dating app that we had matched in, like Bumble or whatever, you can see somebody's location, like how far they are from you. And it said he was like seven miles away. And then suddenly he unmatches me. And I was like, what is happening here? And I was like, should I say something to this guy? Bumble just alerted me that uh, that person had closed the match. So I was like, oh, my God, this is so weird because this guy had come on so strong and whatever. So I say to him, uh, how weird Bumble just told me you closed the match. And he was like, ha ha ha. Don't be offended. I have your phone number. Of course I was just doing a bit of housekeeping. And I was like, okay, that's weird. And something I've never seen before. And I just truly am alarmed by the fact that you were the one persisting and you suddenly go to Canada or maybe not. Maybe you're just in town and don't want to see me before I this leave. Is, this is last time, right? This is the summer before, like the last time you went in? Exactly. Gotcha. gotcha. So I was like, okay, whatever. Sounds good. hope you had fun with your friends. And he's like, yeah, I hope that you have a great rest of your trip in Miami. And I was like, okay, ta-ta. So then I get a message from him being like, hi, I'm listening to your podcast. And I was like, why? Why would you unmatch me? Like, run away and then listen to more of me. Right. It's so strange. The whole thing was so weird. And I was like, sounds good. I hope that you learn a lot about me from that. Enjoy. (laughs) And then when I got back to LA after that trip, Uh I got a text the next day that was like, Hey, hope you made it back safely. I was like, what is happening? Do you want to stay in touch? What is going on here? This is so odd to me. So this trip, he hit you up again or you ran into him? No, I was just thinking about that experience and I was like, oh, I don't need another like- typical Miami guy thing. I don't know that it's a typical thing, but it wasn't something I had the bandwidth for and I also had the guy in LA. So I was like, I just don't necessarily need to dive into that. Yeah. Now that you're back in LA and if LA guy is listening, hello, it's nice to meet you. Call me. (laughs) Call me. Um, yeah. Are are is he is uh, do, does LA guy still have permission to find perspective? Are you finding more perspective here, or are we 
closing the uh, doors on finding perspective and more chairs for the time <laughs> being. I love our metaphors and analogies. Um, so we will be seeing each other again before this episode airs. So that will be a third date. Okay. So I can't say what will happen because I don't know. That's only a third date. And also like my fear, and I can confirm it after this episode airs because things will have, you know, happened, but is that we had this, you know, romance via text and it's like he went to war and we were writing each other postcards and things and all of this, like, you know, talking about the future stuff and like romanticizing what this could be if we were in person together Right. I worry that that might have created Were you guys sexting? Were you sexting? No, God, no. We kissed one time. No. I know, but you Relax. said you romanticizing what could be if you were together. No, like if we were like hanging out in person and like actually in the same city. Oh, like activities like we we'd eating, like want to go do and like We could be eating sushi right now. That's exactly. Oh, like right. when we were talking about like our Snore. night, it was like, okay. All right. Well, anyway, so <laughs> moving right along. So I don't know what it's going to be like in person after not having seen each other for so long. And then also having built this suspense up in the meantime, like, will it be what we hope it's going to be? And will we continue on this path? I don't know. Stay tuned for or the next you, episode. Right. Or did you, it's kind of like the rubber band effect. You guys stretched it out so high that the, 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 the low is going to be even lower. Right. Which could gotcha. be. And so I feel like, I mean, just given that I've been dating a lot more than you, but just a lot in general, you know, I think I don't let myself feel so much and dive in and I don't like fall in love quickly. I'm not somebody that does that after right. my previous relationships where I was like, well, I missed a lot of things when I did that. So right. I'm kind of being careful, but not closed and not guarded because I'm very open but I'm not like sitting in my feelings and like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but this is not a Disney fairy tale. So we'll see what happens. If things progress, then maybe we will have a conversation at some point where we're not seeing other people. But I think we're too, you know, new to this. We're only going to go on our third date. So we'll see if there's what, a fourth what, or a fifth. In the I dating, don't know. Yeah. In the dating world, when do you, when is it like awkward to be dating other people after your, your fourth date? No, I don't know. Because I've gone on dates with – I've gone on five dates with somebody and still gone on four other dates with four other people. Like when yeah, but I you've gone on four dates people. with somebody that you've had a connection to like this? No. Right. I guess if you – I think if you like somebody they, a lot and yeah. then you have sex and you're like X amount of dates in and knowing each other and you've given it some time. It's not just like you've gone on two dates. You happen to have sex in those two dates. Now you're just – that's it. Mating for life. I think you have to have developed a foundation and want to see where it goes after that. So say, say date three goes well, and then date four, you have more than three drinks, and you have the orifices involved, <laughs> all the holes. Okay. Right? Yeah. And then uh, after that, will you... After date four and all the holes, will you guys be, like, cutting the cord on the dating apps? You know, it's a true mystery that you're single. I don't even know why you are with all of this romance. <laughs> I hit all the holes. Okay. Uh, definitely hole. don't, te don't text that at 2 a.m., that's for sure. No. No. 
That's like a noon text. That's a noon (laughs) drinking text. (laughs) Anyway, I think maybe after that point that you said so romantically, we would have a conversation. I also think he probably would want to have that too, because like he's the one with the kid and limited time. Like, I don't think he's going to want to waste his time with me also. If we don't have that. Date four, you're going to have to be like, look, it's me and the podcast. You got to, whatever happens, it's like being in, it's like dating a comedian. You know, it's like, if you're going to date me, then we're going to talk about it. You got to be okay with that because we're not going to not talk about I think he's okay with it. Actually, I don't know. I don't know, but he hasn't been opposed to it yet and he listens to our podcast, so. Well, so speaking of that, next podcast, we'll find out what happened, how date three went. But then we're also getting back our co-host, Lauren Leonelli. Can you believe it? No. I, I can't. I can't. <laughs> because two kids under two, she, we, we had a meeting with her the other day and she was like on the phone, but you could hear her doing dishes while she was <laughs> doing the meeting, which was supposed to be like a half hour in her day that she could get away. But like that even entailed getting shit done during her downtime. Yeah, so parenting. I, I would be like, no, fuck you guys. I don't have, th-. I told her, I was like, I don't I want your free time to be us because <laughs> like, that's not how I would want to spend my free time. Hey, but she's coming back. She's coming back. And we're going to have a whole new perspective on life with, you know, it's complicated. You know, it's really bringing the complications back to a whole nother point of view because two kids married. What does that feel like? What is your relationship like? What is, is there romance at all? Or is it just baby puke and diapers the entire time? Like, like how does, how does life balance in those situations? Does it do you want to hear us talk about going on dates and and like be, the beginning stages, or are you fucking over it? You know what I mean. No, so she lives bring- for it. I know that, but we need to hear about her end of it because yeah, maybe I think- we don't want to go down that road. <laughs> maybe we're like, <laughs> yep, we like- <laughs> might be a birth control for us and marriage yeah. control. Who's to say? But we'll learn marriage a lot, and control. so will our audience. And I think having her back is going to be awesome. The trifecta. We will have yeah. lots to talk about and more. And everybody keep tuning into It's Complicated for that episode and all things dating and relationshipy stuff. And while you're there, please subscribe, rate, comment, and share it with a friend. And if you want to join the class of Master Daters, don't forget to follow us on social media at Complicated Show. And where can everyone find you, Rob? They can find me at Forever's Evers, F-O-R-E-V-E-R-S, E-V-O-R-S on Instagram. And like Jen said, please subscribe. Please hit the like button. Please comment. We're going to start looking at the comments soon and talking about what you guys want to talk about. So the more you do that, the more we can. And go on our social media page. Go on our Instagram and comment there too. We love seeing when you guys repost something. We love when you have suggestions for who you want to hear from and all that other stuff. So please, please, please be more uh, communicative with us. Yes. All we want is to communicate because that's what we are practicing in that's, dating and relationships that's, that's is what it is. you and your holes communicating away. <laughs> so everyone, you can find me on Instagram at Jennifer Golden and we'll be back next week. See you next week. Thank you for listening to It's Complicated. And now that we're going steady, come back next week for another date with Jennifer Golden, Lauren Leonelli, and Rob Evers.